Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say? The B-A-Q-A with Mandate. The B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, Annie, I feel like I was somewhere and someone was like, oh, where was I? And they asked me about you. The Brooklyn maybe. Museum without me because I was <laughs> in purgatory? Maybe. I feel like maybe. And then she was like, this is a hug. I know you don't like hugs, but this is for Mandy. I was like, thank y'all. Continue <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I Minnie's mean, gonna make me pee on myself because you know I got a weak pelvic floor. <laughs> Girl, um, <laughs> I told you about the things underwear. You gotta get them. Oh my goodness! Like, yeah. So y'all love to do that. They're like, oh, I know how much you hate. <laughs> That's for Mandy. I'm like, then go hug Mandy. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Kinda. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. B-A-Q-A. So if you have questions, we have some answers. Although we are not your mama, your daddy, your sister, your doctor, your lawyer. We're not mm-hmm. anything except for two smart, cute, fabulous brown girls mm-hmm. who can give you a little bit of advice from the smallest grain of the smallest piece of salt. Um, but ultimately, mm-hmm. we want you to lean into those people that you give money to to get your um, advice from. Okay. This yes, is for education, not educational. This is for entertainment purposes Solamente. That means only if you spoke Spanish like me and Mandy. Um, yeah, so Mandy, you want to go first? Who's our first? <laughs> I will go first. We've got some juicy, juicy career questions, which are my favorite. All right. The first question, um, I almost had to do a double take. So I'm like, is this the Mandy Moneymaker who I was just talking to who, had, who went through something very similar? Um, but I'm going to use an expression that y'all may be familiar with. It's called the PIP, which is a performance improvement plan. So let's take our first question from someone who wants to be called a worried entry level professional. Mm. Okay. She says, first and foremost, I love your podcast. Um, you guys have taught me so much about all things career and finance. I was recently let go from my job due to failing to meet the requirements of a performance improvement or PIP plan. I was put on it for my last month of employment. I was working there for about uh, a year and the whole time I felt as though I wasn't properly onboarded to the projects I was on. I always asked questions when I was confused, but overall it was a very fast paced environment and I was totally new to the industry. Because of this, I just felt like a fish out of water every day for about a year. But I always showed up to work with a great attitude and I thought I was doing a great job. Towards the end of my time in my position, my manager revealed to me that I was not performing to the standards that someone in my position should have and placed me on the PIP for 30 days. When she told me this, I immediately took accountability and told her I would do better. Long story short, 
my manager told me I did not improve after 30 days to their expectations. So I was being let go from my position. The moment that I was placed on the PIP, I started looking for new roles, but now it's been almost three months and I'm starting to get worried. So here's my question. I want to know how should I answer the question? Why did you leave your last position? With all the layoffs happening, I've just been telling recruiters that I was laid off, but is this okay? Is my future employer going to know that I was placed on a PIP? I just don't want to tell future employers that I was on a PIP because I feel like I will never get hired again and I'm only at the beginning of my career. Thank you and I appreciate all of your help. Oh, I just want to give you a big hug. So first of all, because this is new to me, so I'm going to ask questions as like, you know, like a round of, you know, so... Like, I understand a PIP means performance improvement plan. So many, like, what does that really mean? Like, what is that? So I have actually given performance improvement plans a couple of times um, in my career as a manager. So uh, the thing is, there's no standardization of PIPs. It's pretty much up to the company and even the manager themselves to come up with, like, what should we say this person has to do to basically save their job? Mm. But if you're at the level of a PIP, it means that you have been consistently not meeting expectations. Ideally, it's not going to be a surprise to you that you're on a PIP because you've been having regular one-on-ones and maybe even quarterly, you know, mini performance reviews with your manager. So you know that you're not up to scratch. When a PIP happens, at least in my experience, this is when you get HR involved and you Mm. put out a document and you have to sign it as the employee and your manager will sign it and probably the HR rep. And a PIP is going to say, so it can be like 30 days, 45 days, 90 days, it's up to whatever, but 30 days is, is, you know, fine standard. So it'll say, uh, typically like, here's what, here's exactly what you've been doing Mm. that has not met our expectations. And here's what you need to do. We need to be able to see this much XYZ over the next 30 days. And ideally, it's very measurable. So it's we need you to show up on time every morning for the next 30 days, you be in your be at your desk by 930am. Um, we need you to meet your uh, sales quota. I'm just using a really easy example, um, 80% of the time, or just have, you know, specific benchmarks for them to hit. And at this point, I, I, I would highly suggest and I like that, you know, the, the, um, a worried entry level professional, as she wants to be called, says, as soon as I got a PIP, I started job searching. Absolutely. Mm. Um, because even if you survive the PIP, it's, it's almost a tool to get you mm. to get, like, get with it and like get to step in. When I used a PIP, I did want the person to improve, but because I had seen, you know, what they were capable of for months and years at some points, it really was like a formal way of saying it's time for you to probably think about moving Mm, on. And I want to be, I want to give you notice. Like it's almost like a, you can look at it negatively, like, oh, it's just them trying to push you out. But for me, I was like, let me give you a bit of a wake up call so that you have some time to get your shit in order and find a job that is the right fit for you because this is not working. And, you know, we're a business. I'm not going to, I can't keep someone on the team who isn't performing. Um, that's just not something that we can do. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell what a PIP is like. And yes, so you'll be sat down and it's, it's not fun to have those conversations. It's not fun. So then what do you suggest for her? So to her point, she's like, all right, I'm probably not going to have this job. What do I Mm. tell people so I can be honest, but also 
so I don't brand myself as the pip girl. Yeah, I would say do not lead with I wouldn't I wouldn't lie. Um, because like, I think it comes across in a conversation when you're like, I was laid off. I wouldn't even tell someone who was laid off to just say I was laid off. Because even that is going to open um, the recruiter's mind or the man hiring manager's <coughs> mind to like, uh, why were you laid off? Were you not as good as everyone else? Like you need to have a better story to tell. I'm always talking about how storytelling is one of the most undervalued skill sets as an employee as you move throughout your career, because it's really how you tell the story of the moves that you've made that can make or break someone's like first impression of you and will they move you on to the next round. And so what I mean by that is, okay, you had a performance improvement plan, you didn't meet the expectations, you got the boot. Um, they don't need to know that you don't want to tell them that. So what you can say is, you know, um, I'm new to this field. I spent a year with this company and I showed up every day with an incredible, with a great attitude, positive. Unfortunately, I wasn't um, and you want to be careful here because you don't want to talk crap about your former manager mm -hmm. because in their mind, the recruiter, they're going to be thinking about, oh, is she going to talk crap about me mm -hmm. someday? But what you want to say is, um, you know, we sort of came to a mutual decision that um, given the expectations of the job and how different they were to my impression of the job when I started, that it was better for um, for me to look for a new opportunity. And I'm really excited about working here because I can see that you guys really invest in your workers, you train them, you give guidance. Um, and I know that I, you know, I'd be going into a workplace where I would have that kind of support. That's one way to frame it so that you're sort of telling a story of, you know, you weren't exactly supported in your previous role, mm -hmm. but then you're shifting it and spinning it around to kind of praise the company that you're interviewing for by pointing out the fact that you like that they have, you know, at this point, you know, about maybe a training program or they have regular performance reviews or communication, you know, with their managers, you could, and, and you can leave it at that. You could also just say, um, I had a shift in what, you know, I had a shift in, in what I wanted from my career and I'm ready for a new um, challenge or a new direction in my career. And um, I think that your company and this position is perfect for me and I'm very excited about it and kind of, you know, you address it, but then you just kind of move on without mm -hmm. giving too much detail. I think omitting the specifics of the PIP and all that is probably the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. Um because no matter, like, I, I, my heart goes out to you. I have a lot of empathy for you for going through a pit. But as a hiring manager, if you got someone who's telling you they've struggled and you've got candidates who, you know, seem like they're mm -hmm. going to come in and get it right away. Yeah, you're not going to go for the person who's kind of told you already that they've had some issues in the past meeting expectations. Now, on your part, get it together in the sense that whatever it is, I, I know that, you know, you said you didn't get the guidance that you needed, but if this is the career path that you want, how can you start getting better, getting the help that you need and improving? So maybe you could offer to freelance or shadow, sit down and speak with people who are really familiar with the field that you're in. Um, you know, you can go to a networking event and just say, Hey, I just had this experience and it, it didn't work out, but I still want to do this. I don't know what kind of work you do. I want to be in this field. You know, can you help me figure out sort of what went wrong? And, and so I can do better in the next one. You need someone to like carry, like hold your hand a little bit and 
help you get the skills that you were lacking that led you to not have this job. Cause I, I don't want you to go into your next job. Um, and I, and I hope that you get one soon, but I don't want you to, to go in there having not changed anything, you know, from what happened last time. That's really good advice. Um, <laughs> no, cause I mean, cause you know, I'm not, uh, on the career side, I'll just say maybe on the potential hiring side. You never given a pip to any of your unicorn squads because they're so amazing. You don't have to. No, girl. They, I mean, <laughs> that's why so many of them are going now. <laughs> the amazing ones are here. Hey, girls. <laughs> I, that's shade. I didn't know. So I was. I, I. I didn't know how to lead as well as I. I. I let a lot Aww. of stuff slide, and so. Yeah. Yes, you know. So here we are now. We're. You know, that's not the case now. Honestly, everybody's amazing, and honestly, the people were really nice, but I did not know how to. Um. To give constructive criticism, not criticism, constructive critique of work. So I just let things slide and instead I just took on that burden for myself until I wore myself mm -hmm. out, which is not good. Um, but I'll just say as somebody who hires people that, yes, I, you know, obviously I'm wanting um, you to be honest, but to Mandy's point, not to the detriment of yourself. You know, you're here to sell yourself, basically, you know, Um and if I know that ultimately I'm not expecting that you know how to do everything, but I am expecting that you are willing to learn. Hmm. So if I hear that, like what Mandy to Mandy's point, it's like, you know, you know, here's where, you know, maybe I had some uh, challenges, but I'm someone who I took this class. I learned this. I did this. And, and to Mandy's point, like one of my one of the things I love like so much for about the people on my team is they're constantly taking courses and classes and learning and beyond what you know, like what I'm sharing, you yeah. know, like Logan, I mean, it, it, there's always a class Logan has taken. Aikisha was just telling me, oh yeah, I took a class on that. And I'm like, that's why they're here and why they continue to excel. Yeah. Because the key is even beyond working with me, like the team, they, when you do that, you get to gather skill sets that makes you marketable across the board. Yeah. You know, so it's like, there's a win for you in, in making yourself better because even if the budget needs doesn't exist, they can go on and be great other places. And so that's just a really good advice that Mandy gave you. So hope you, you lean be, in. You can't be in the passenger seat when it comes to your career. You no. need to get that steering wheel girl and drive it yourself and go into jobs. Yes. Ready to perform and ready to like listen, but you can't expect your manager to, um, teach you every single yes. thing, you know, take some ownership and take some ownership, be proactive yourself. Yes. Um, in, 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 in doing your own research and as you're falling behind in a skill, like finding a way to yes. get caught up without just being telling your boss, like, I don't get it. Yeah. That and is, that is the worst. It's like, I, yeah. I'm, and I'm yeah. saying this, that like Dr. Green, my um, therapist shared with me this a couple of weeks ago, which I was like, it was a great aha moment. She said that you are, you cannot help when something happens to you, right? So something bad happens to you, that is not your fault. But at some point, you have to take responsibility of how you choose to live your life. Yeah. So like, you know, so, okay, I have an unresponsive boss. Girl, that's not your fault. But mm -hmm. you have to take responsibility, like knowing that I'm not going to get support here. What do I need to do? You do have a choice there. And so all of us have those choices that within this framework of I can't do all the things, but I can do this thing. Are you at least doing that thing? So. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break so we can answer our next question. But real quick, before we take a break, I know we probably have maybe like a, I don't know, maybe a few copies left, a few hundred copies left. We'll see. But if you go to madewholeworkbook.com, y'all know I have a new 
workbook, the workbook version of Get Good With Money. It is signed and it comes with a green bracelet. I signed about 5,000 of them. Last time I checked, you know, over half of them had already been sold. Hopefully there's still some left while you're listening to this. If you'd like a copy of Made Whole because you're like, you know what? I want to reach financial wholeness in 10 easy steps. I want to work along in a workbook with Tiffany guiding me step-by-step of what to do when it comes to budgeting, savings, debt, credit, earning, investing, insurance, net worth, your financial team, and um, estate planning, if you want all that, madewholeworkbook.com. Get your signed copy, get your bracelet, get started. Um, Okay, we'll be back in black and brown. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Hey, hey, BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. 
And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what, I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. And we're back. Okay, our second question today is from sad, sad YouTuber. She says, hey ladies, I love Brown Ambition and listen every week. I had a relatively successful YouTube channel and I got really good at audio and video editing. Love that for you. A content production company hired me to do editing for them with an amazing salary. But after I got the job, my boss asked me to stop doing my own channel because of conflict of interest. And my Mm. content was pretty controversial. What you mean? Is that fair? I never signed a non-compete. And if he told me this from the beginning, I'm not sure I would have taken it. I love my new job, but I feel sad about, I feel sad without my own YouTube that I work so hard on. Please give me some advice. Ooh, you are between a rock and a hard place. First of all, is it fair? Let's answer that question. Absolutely not. Mm. You know, like they, well, here's the thing. Is it fair for them to spring this on you after already Mm, giving you that job? No, because they knew who you were, sis. (laughs) Yeah, they should have anyway. Yes, you know, so that, they probably reached out to you because of your, you know, your editing skills and, and like what they saw there, which, Asking you to shift like beforehand is one thing. That way you can make an educated decision based upon this is what's being offered to me. But asking you after having you locked in, that is quite unfair and unprofessional of them. Um, And so, oh, I, here's the thing. You're going to have to decide. I don't know what your money's looking like um, and how like by successful, what do you mean financially successful your YouTube channel and kind of like, What's your desired outcome in the long run? Like what you're wanting? Like, are you wanting to work for yourself? Are you wanting to, to you know, eventually do maybe um, um, freelance when it comes to video conduct, um, production? You know, and if that is the case, um, you might decide I'm going to stay with them um, for a specific amount of time until I can save up enough money to so I can strike back on my own. Um I don't want you to not have a, your own creative outlet. And just because you don't post them live doesn't mean you still can't create. Um, and so consider, if it was me, honestly, I probably would continue to create. Maybe I would not make those things live because I want to just keep my, my skill set honed. And I would be hatching a plan to leave. That's probably mm-hmm. what I would do. It's like, I'm, you know, it's up to you, obviously, but I'd be like, okay, I'm going to stay here for six months or a year or whatever it is until I can save up this amount of money. I'm going to live below my means, save up a certain amount of money so I can strike out on my own. And maybe I can be my own video production company for other people because now I know how to do this. I'm going to p- let them pay me to learn, you know, this business that they're in because mm-hmm. I, it, we are, life is sad enough. 
you know? <laughs> and if you have this amazing outlet to lean into, I hate for you to see that, to, I would hate for that to go. But at the same time, we're adults, we have to pay bills and we have to, you know, maintain like the financial parts of our life. So I wouldn't just jump out the window when it came to this. I would be planning um, of how do I have both? You know, like how do I have some financial security, but how do I be able to live it and, and do the thing I want to do? Yeah, I have direct, and that's the reason I kind of got a heavy, like a heavy sigh with this question because mm. it brought up for me a feeling Child. that I have when employed. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Too. I, <laughs> I have been in the shoes of someone who was hired because they have this great platform mm. and, you know, in social media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the person who hires you thinks it's great, but then you get into the company and there's other opinions. There's people who didn't, you know, know, maybe they're like, oh yeah, someone so-and-so hired a new video person. That's great. But then they find out about maybe your YouTube channel and then it offends them or something that you said runs or rubs someone the wrong way and they are a senior executive and it gets up the chain and all of a sudden it wasn't a problem when you were hired because your hiring manager had no problem with it. But the huge mistake that they made was not getting the proper you know, approvals and having other people at the company weigh in, are we okay with this, etc. So I'm really sorry that that happened to you. But I think if you're going to try to do any full time work, you have to be um, aware that of that and be like, listen, I, I'm comfortable, but I will not be signing a non compete. I need a assurance that my show content is fine. Um, that's if you want to stay nine to five. And I, I get why you would. I mean, it's like Tiffany said, you know, you're learning the industry, you're getting paid a reliable income. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's nice over there in W2 land. I miss mm -hmm. it sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, you're going to have this problem, uh, especially if you continue, if you're, if your side hustle, your business, uh, overlaps with what you're doing nine to five conflict of interest is like, always potentially going to be an issue um, that you're going to run into. So what I would say is right now is, is there an option other than like what I like what Tiff said actually about sticking it out, maybe pausing the YouTube, um, but still continuing to create the content, mm -hmm. but then, you know, looking for a way out, saving up coins so that you can branch out, getting some clients of your mm -hmm. own contract on a contract basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? This company could potentially be your first mm -hmm. contract client as a instead of working full time, because the key to you working with them but not being a full time employee could just be the fact that you are a freelancer. You're not full time. Mm -hmm. um, so you could propose, you know, down the line or maybe even now, if you feel like you're comfortable with it, propose a solution where you're like, listen, I'm not going to be stopping my YouTube channel if that's if that means that. Um, you know, it's going to be an issue for me being a full-time employee. Can we talk about, um, you know, moving me to a contract basis and then you can come up with a, you know, a contract fee, uh, sorry, a contract salary instead of, you know, like whatever you're making. And, um, yeah, there's, there's like pros and cons to that, but if you have your own IP, you want to protect that mm. as much as you can. And just be aware of it as you move through these corporate streets that they can and they will shut yeah. it down if there's any risk that it's going to make them look bad because you join their company, you represent them, and that's what they're thinking when they put out these non-competes and such. Conflict yeah. of interest, I mean, sorry. Conflict of yeah. interest clauses. Yeah. And now you know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, it's it, there are worse positions to be in. It's like sometimes you just got to, like, 
you know, bit your time. Like, oh, okay, that was cute. You caught that. Let me just get myself together so I can go back to what I love to do. But I get to learn, get to make some money. I get to stack a little something. Um, yeah. And then you might decide, I mean, it's really up to you. But what I, I, I'm never going to encourage anyone to give up a thing that they love if they don't have to. Yeah, especially if you're yeah. making money off of it. Like, yeah. keep going. Keep yeah. going, man. Or woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, sad YouTuber. Hopefully you're a little less sad. Maybe you're just grumpy. You know, maybe a little forlorn, you know. <laughs> Hopefully happier yeah. and joyfuler. Um, if you want to be joyful, um, we encourage you to ask your questions over here down to the BA of the QA. Um, go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click uh, contact us or brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Email us there or brownambitionpodcast on IG. Slide into the DMs. It goes down in them. Or you can always tweet us at the BA podcast. Um, yeah, you know, and honestly, you guys can always tweet us too. Like Mandy is M-A-N-D-I, Mandy Money. And I am the Budgetista on Twitter. So, you know, we love your tweets there too. I love when you tag all three of us, the podcast as well as the three of us. I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm tagged. Um, Twitter X. <laughs> Twitter X. Instead of sweater weather, it's Twitter X. <laughs> Twitter X. <laughs> Until next Until... week, we will see you. Bye, y'all. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.